And so I imagined Big Mama standing next to me and saying those words. And I launched into my TED Talk and I've never felt more calm or present because I'm like, yeah, she's watching. She believes in me and I'm going to make her proud. Welcome back to the Maria The Till Show. For this episode, I am talking about something that I've actually received a lot of questions about, and it is all about public speaking. It's about getting up there and conquering your fear and your nerves and your anxiety when you're about to do something that matters. And for the context of this conversation, I'm going to tell you all about what it is like to get up and give a TED talk to a live crowd of 1,700 people because It was nerve-wracking as all hell. But this particular episode is not just for people who are interested in public speaking. It's for anyone who gets nervous before you're doing something that's important to you. And that could be you're a hairdresser and you're getting nervous before you do a hair competition. Or you're about to go and present why you think you need a raise to your boss. Or you're nervous before going to an exam. You're a musician and you're about to sing in front of a live crowd. You know, for anyone who gets nervous before doing something that's important to them, this episode is for you. So a little about me, if you're wondering, who the hell are you and why are you qualified to tell us anything? (laughs) So I guess my career is kind of crazy. I am a professional speaker. I am a TV presenter. I'm a podcaster, obviously, and a host. And, you know, I've moved into acting and I'm also an advocate. And a lot of what I'm required to do is put myself out there. And I think that's at the core of what this is. It's how do you conquer your nerves when you're about to put yourself out there? And just so you know what kind of situations I've been in, I've had to put myself out there when I used to work in corporate and I hosted a diversity and inclusion event. I remember at the time it was for a transport body for the Victorian government. I was new to the organization and my boss was like, here you go, organize and emcee it. And I had to put myself out there and do it. As a professional speaker, I've given talks to rooms that are intimate, you know, hosted workshops for, say, groups of 10 people. But then I spoke on the TED stage to an exhibition space full of 1,700 people live. I've said yes to crazy things like umpiring a tennis match. (laughs) when I don't know the rules of tennis at the Australian Open, like in front of a real crowd in a real stadium on the courts. And, you know, I've walked as Australia on the Miss Universe stage. You know, there's so much. And not to mention another crazy one is doing a fortnightly segment on the Today Show and getting asked my opinions on serious social and political issues And I have an hour's notice to prepare on what the topics of the day are. So I guess my experience spans everything from TV to modeling to acting to speaking. And no matter how much preparation I have and how much experience I get, I still get those pre-performance nerves. So for the context of this podcast episode, let's call it a performance. No matter what you do, if it's an exam you're going into or whatever it is you're required to perform, you get pre-performance nerves. But over the years, so I studied psychology, I've got degrees in psychology and management. And, you know, between that and my former corporate career and the lived experience, you know, I've had, it has taught me a thing or two about mastering those nerves. And so I do want to share my top eight tips to help you do the same thing because you have got this. Okay, so let's rewind. I am standing backstage and I can physically hear how many people are in the room because it's a big room and it was full. I 
was so nervous as I was about to walk onto that TEDx stage because I'd seen it. So when we did rehearsals, I saw the space. When the lights are on, I know how many bleachers there are. I could see just how many bodies could fit in that room. And I was just aware I was about to go out there and have to front all of them. And I was so nervous. It's funny because when I went on there, my parents actually later said to me, you couldn't hear a hint of nervousness in your voice. If they only knew how sick I was... (laughs) right before I walked on and I had this really irrational fear like I had a couple one it was an 11 minute TED talk and I had to remember the whole thing I didn't have notes I didn't have a teleprompter I didn't have anyone in my ear so I knew I had to just remember the whole thing so I had this fear that oh my god my mind's gonna go blank and all of a sudden I'm not gonna know what to say But I also had this fear because when I get anxious before doing things like this, my heart races really fast. And I thought that people were going to be able to hear my heart racing through my mic. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was sitting on my chest and I thought they would hear my heartbeat. Or even like, you know, when you get nervous and you hear the jagged, nervous breath where it's like... Because when I was prepping and I was getting nervous and Shannon was in the room, my best friend who did my hair, she could hear it and she was like, girl, you need to have a shot of vodka. (laughs) So I was nervous. And I just had all my people in the crowd as well. So I was also nervous that I was going to be embarrassed if I told a joke and nobody laughed. Like I have this irrational fear that I'm just not going to be funny. So, you know, I have all these thoughts, all the normal thoughts that we all have before we go out there. Like, oh my God, I'm totally going to tank. I'm going to fail. I'm going to forget something. And I'm just going to stuff up this thing that I've put all this pressure on myself. Like I kept telling myself, it's this huge moment. It's out there forever. It's your first TED talk. And that just put so much pressure on me. And I thought if I stuff this up, that's it. It's ruined. So the pressure was there too. And I think something that really helped me, and I'm going to go into the eight tips, but it helped me to understand what was going on in my body. And I think a lot of you would be familiar with this, but before I get into what my eight tips are, I want to talk to you about why that's happening in the first place. Why is it that when we care about a performance of some kind, it feels like, oh my God, our body is sabotaging us or our mind is sabotaging us? But it's not sabotage. It's a thing called a fight or flight response, which I'm sure you've heard of. But it's basically, you know, let's call it performance anxiety. It's a stress response in your body. And it's not there to sabotage you. It's actually there to prepare you in the instance that you're actually facing a threat. And so it developed, like from an evolutionary perspective, it developed back in the day with our ancestors when they were living in caves and it's we're talking ancient, ancient times and there were real threats in the environment. Like you might go outside to go find some food and like a bear might eat you, like very like legitimate things or, you know, threats of the environment and, and the weather being crazy and, you know, not having adequate shelter. So what happens is, your sympathetic nervous system, it's one of your two nervous systems, it kicks into gear and it pretty much floods your body with these hormones that prepares you to either resist what's going on and fight or to prepare you to run away. And so that manifests, you know, physiologically in many different ways, like your digestive system, like it it stops because your heart rate, like your blood's going to other organs to prepare you. So your heart starts racing, your breathing gets rapid, you get uncomfortable and you feel that sense of anxiety. And whilst it's not like any of us are going to walk outside and potentially face a bear that's going to eat us, (laughs) you know, that response still exists to other threats in our environment. And so it's things like 
Well, you might see a menacing dog on your walk and then you notice that anxiety as you tense up or even non-threatening stresses, things like maybe riding a bus if you've got anxiety or past traumas. Either way, your body is kicking into gear because something in your environment is perceived as a threat. And so we either want to fight it or we want to run away from it. So adrenaline is what causes these physiological symptoms. And I think what really helped me is knowing that, okay, what's going on in my body is not to sabotage and mess me up. It is there because it's normal. It's my body preparing to give me strength, energy, and alertness to deal with whatever the threat is, but it can feel overwhelming and that's okay. And so for me, I really don't like the physical manifestations of it. My throat gets dry as well. I remember before the TED talk, I drank so much water. I peed so much. Like I probably looked like I had something going on. <laughs> so I'm like, it was always me in the green room popping back out to the toilet. But I drank so much water because I didn't want my mouth to get dry. But right before I went on stage, my mouth was dry. So it's things like that. It's nausea. It's your hands are trembling, which is kind of glad that I'm kind of glad that I didn't have notes because you would have seen my hands shaking. So, you know, there were certain techniques that I employed to prepare for that because, you know what, like I said, I've been in these situations a number of times and now I've come to say, okay, this is just my body trying to protect me. It's normal and there are actually things I can do to handle it. So what are they? I've got eight tips for you. Let's go. Tip number one, preparation. So whatever your performance is, I cannot stress it enough. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Because I guess what gave me peace of mind and what I said to myself is, at the very least, I know I'll alleviate some anxiety if I know I've practiced the shit out of this talk. And so like I spent the whole, you know, few days in the lead up to the talk constantly repeating and performing my TED talk. And I was performing it. I wasn't just like, say, in the toilet and like muttering it to myself. I would actively say it and try and perform it where it's funny in some parts, it's emotional in some parts. I'd pause, you know, where I thought, hopefully, the audience would laugh at my jokes. By the way, I'm pleased to say everybody laughed at my jokes and I felt really funny, which was really affirming because I was so worried I was going to tank like a loser. But anyway, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. I wanted to know it in my body. And psychologically, that made me feel more confident. And I never, I didn't want to worry like, okay, if something happened, even if I say I tripped or I fell or I forgot something, I didn't want to look back and say, damn it, could I have prepared a little bit more? So that's my number one tip. And not just for TED Talk, I do that when I guest host the project as well. And the way I rehearse or prepare is in the mornings for the project, I will get a list of very long news topics that potentially might be on the agenda. And the way it works is it's it's moving parts, right? Because breaking news can happen at any day, but they'll send me the, the news topics. And what I like to do, same with the Today Show, I will make sure I look into every single topic and I've got a few dot points on my opinion on everything. So if I get asked on national television or what's going on or whatever, I'm across everything. I'm informed and I'm not going to sit there and draw a blank and feel nervous. It's like, no, no, I've got this. And I think part of the comfort is knowing you've done it and that is calming. It's calming in itself. So I go into things feeling competent. Rehearse so you feel competent and that makes you feel confident. Tip number two, physical prep. So there are actually physical things that you can do to make sure that you're ready. One, sleep people. 
please try and sleep the night before a big performance because I've tried to do things like this and I've been so nervous or anxious or excited I don't sleep and when you don't sleep I mean come on we know this like it affects you physically but also your cognitive function your ability to think and be sharp it affects everything but also eat well drink lots of water stay hydrated and that seems like a simple thing but making sure you've got food and energy so that your brain's functioning, but also drinking lots of water and being hydrated. It's so important. And I would even go so far to say, avoid excessive caffeine if you do tend to be a nervous type. Like for me, okay, I'm just going to out myself here. I'm a very big V drinker. And I was first introduced to it in my Miss Universe days because I was doing the craziest days in the lead up to the competition, like shooting campaign videos every single day, 16 hour days. And I'd never had an energy drink before. And I remember at the time I was anemic, didn't know it. And I just felt like I couldn't get through the day. And my best friend was like, look, one little sip. That's how it all begins, people. It's it's always, oh, just try it. Like I sound like I'm not talking about energy drinks, but anyway, I'm not advocating for energy drinks. I'm just explaining why I sometimes drink them. However, I'm going to be real with you here. I one time had it before going on the project because again, I justified in my mind, okay, it's a big day. You know, you've got the boardroom meetings where you go over the topics and then you've got to be on air. And because I had V, it ended up exacerbating my anxiety. And I started to have this really awful, like racy heart right before I got to the studio. I started to feel nervous and it did not help me at all. Like I did not need that excessive caffeine. And I promised myself after that, I just wouldn't do it before important events and and have V like that. And I haven't since. So as much as this sounded like it was like pro V, it's not. Avoid the excessive caffeine. And regular exercise. Um, I think in the lead up to doing things like this, you might get bogged down in the, oh my God, I've really got to prep for the performance. But make time for things like exercise because it does reduce your stress. We know it decreases stress hormones. We know it increases endorphins and that improves your calmness and promotes better sleep too. So overall, physical prep, there are things you can do. Tip number three, relaxation techniques. Don't diss these in the lead up to your performance. I think they're really important to employ. And I'm talking about, you know, finding something that centers you, that you can practice every single day so that you can come back to yourself when you're stressed, when you're anxious in the lead up to whatever your your thing is, whether it's an exam, a performance, a competition, whatever. So for me, I love to meditate in the mornings and that means that no matter how crazy or stressful or unpredictable my day is, if I've made that time to meditate in the morning, I'm good. It could be prayer, it could be yoga, it could be having a calming mantra that you come back to. Deep breathing is a really big one as well because yes, you can do that in the morning, but you can always come back to deep breathing techniques in moments where you have anxiety and that's one thing that I did backstage. So I'm talking about, you know, there are a bunch of different breathing techniques, everything from box breathing to resonant breathing, but it's pretty much slowly and steadily controlling your inhalation and exhalation. And what that physically does, it's not like, woo-woo, like, why is this going to help me? I was doing that backstage right before I went on the TED stage because I felt my heart racing and I felt myself getting anxious. And so when I did my deep breathing, for me, it was like a three, four, five technique or something like that, where you breathe in for three, hold for four, breathe out for five. And I did something like that because what it does is it activates your parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the one that tells your body, hey, you're safe. You don't need to use the fight or flight. It gets more oxygen to your brain. And so 
it, it just pretty much calms your body down. It's proven to physically calm your body down. So find your little relaxation techniques. Make sure you embed them into your everyday and then you can draw on them when you need them if you feel those nerves taking over. Tip number four. This is one that I love. And I think I talk about it in my book Unbounded as well, but it's called Visualize. And this is where I want you to visualize whatever your performance is. And I'm going to add to that, but we'll start with talking about your performance. Visualize your performance. So for me, with the TED Talk, I practiced it. And this is going to make me sound like such a loser, but whatever. I practiced my TED Talk by like walking around the room in the Langham as if it was a TED stage. And I would practice it as if I was in the moment. I would see the crowd and I would even pause at the points where I would visualize them laughing and sort of how I would respond. Like I was physically trying to put myself in that moment and imagining how it would go. And that's important because your brain, the area that activates when you imagine something versus when you're doing something, it's the same one. So it doesn't distinguish between what you're imagining and what's real, what's not. So you want to be training your brain and rewiring it to think that, hey, you're competent at this. You've got this. And so the more you visualize, the more you rewire your brain and the ability to actually physically rewire your brain, it's something called neuroplasticity. So the more you do it, the more you visualize yourself absolutely gunning it, nailing it, your brain starts to think, okay, she can do this. She's done this before. She's competent at this. And that's what I did with my TED Talk. And if you actually like were like a fly on the wall and you saw me in the room, I would have looked like a crazy person. But I was fully immersed in the visualization of delivering that TED Talk and absolutely nailing it. And honestly, I can say on the day that I, you know, I did. And like I said, people laughed at my jokes. At the point I thought they were going to laugh at my jokes. <laughs> and I remembered where to walk and I remembered what hand movements to do. And, and I just felt like, hey, I've got this. I've done this before. And it also, when you visualize things, it, it harnesses your focus on what you want instead of allowing your mind to go to all the what ifs of what could go wrong. And we know that where your focus goes, that's where your energy will flow. And so there's a part of your brain and I've talked about it in my book and I heard this first from Tony Robbins. It's the reticular activating system and it's the part of your brain that, you know, what is emotionally significant to you, it will fill to the world according to that. And so it's why when you see your car on a busy freeway, you'll recognize it or you'll hear in a room full of chatter, your own name being mentioned because that's significant to you. And so if you choose to focus on nailing whatever your performance is and you've visualized it and you've decided this is what I'm focusing on, that part of your brain is going to fill to the world so that you see people, places, opportunities and things that will bring that into fruition. So visualization is important. Don't sleep on it. Number five, I've sort of touched on this when I explained to you what the fight or flight response is, but Number five is accept the nerves and be okay with it. And this is one that you might not like, but be okay with something going wrong. Nerves are just telling you that you care. And like I said, the fight or flight response is just your body's way of telling you that you're anxious because you care about what's going on. Something's at stake. I really used to hate the uncomfortable emotions and the physiological changes in my body, but I've come to embrace them as part of all these crazy things that I do in my career. And I even see it as, and it is, some of it is an optimal level of stress. Like you need that to be able to perform. If you were completely relaxed and you didn't feel that, what's driving you to do well? Do you know what I mean? And I think when it comes to fearing things going wrong, part of why 
things going wrong can feel so bad is because we fear it so much that we don't even consider, hey, maybe I can accept this instead of resisting this. And so I go into these situations being really at peace with stuff can go wrong. And I'll give you an example. Before the TED Talk, I was catching up with a friend, Natalia. Um, So if you're listening to this podcast, I adore you. She and I were chatting about the TED Talk and I was telling her how I was really nervous because my shoes were massive. I was wearing my favorite shoes. They were huge though, like stilts. And I said to her, what if I fall over on the TED stage? Or what if I forget what I'm saying? And she said to me, well, what if you do? It could go viral. Just get back up. It'll probably make your talk more memorable, to be honest. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I don't want to fall over to make my TED Talk go viral for the wrong reasons. But it's like, fuck what you think the wrong reasons are. It's like, if you fall over, get up. If you forget, and someone did actually forget their words. You know, there was another TEDx speaker. He forgot his words. And I remember my heart was in my throat watching him because he went blank. But all he did was just say calmly, okay, um, it appears my thoughts have left me for a moment. And all the crowd did was clap for him and he took a minute, he gathered his thoughts and he kept going. There you go. Like, what's the worst that can happen? If I fell over, yeah, it would have been embarrassing, but it would have been funny. And yeah, it probably would have gone viral. So for me in my head, I'm thinking shit might go wrong, but look at the funny side of it. Don't take it too seriously because, and we know this and I don't want to sound too cliche, but shit happens in life. Nothing is ever smooth sailing and I, and I wouldn't want to misrepresent, you know, anything. Like if you're, think, if you're listening to this and you've got something coming up, if something goes wrong, that's how things are in life. Sometimes things don't go perfectly, but it's how you handle it. And I think going into these things knowing, okay, I'm going to be okay even if I forget something, even if I don't nail this element, even if whatever, go into it being at peace with the fact that there are some things you can't change, but what you can change is how you respond to it. The next tip is on the day of your performance, and this really helps me and it's not something I've ever done, but make time for non-performance related things. So distractions can help. Like I thought on the day of my TED talk, my plan was, so I had my mum, my dad, my friends, you know, I had people flying in from Melbourne and I said to them, I'm not going to be able to see any of you, but please meet at the Langham. You guys go all together because that's where I stay when I'm in Sydney and you guys go together, but you won't see me all day because I'm going to be locked up in my room after I'm ready and I'm just going to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. But because I had rehearsed enough, I remember waking up on the morning and going, I don't think it's going to serve me to lock myself up in the room and constantly be in my head just going over this thing. I kind of just want to make time to switch off, go see my mom and dad and, and friends and my brother and just sit down, have a meal and talk about something else. And that actually switched me off to overthinking about what might go wrong in my anxieties. So I just ended up taking a couple of hours off, not thinking about anything TED Talk related. And I just hung out with my people and it was perfect. So you know, I think if you've prepared a lot, and, and this is if you've prepared a lot, it helps to make room for other things that bring you joy and that will take your mind off it because I think we can fall into the trap of overthinking. And it also reminded me, I think a really big thing is it just reminded me that there is life beyond this really big moment. You know, we put so much pressure on it, but at the end of the day, it's a moment, you're going to do it, it'll get done, and then you go back to life. So keep people close um, and things that you love doing close and just do it. Don't be afraid to make time for distractions. My last two tips. Okay, one is remember your past successes because I think when we get nervous, we're so quick to focus on what's wrong that we forget times where we have conquered our fear or our anxiety and 
we've got this, we can do it. And so what I thought about, I remember it's not the same thing. No, I've never given a TED talk before and I was freaking nervous, but I remembered and I thought back to when I was in Miami in May of 2021 about to walk as, you know, the top 21 and then the top 10 at Miss Universe. And I was so nervous because no one from Australia was allowed to travel to America at the time. So I went by myself and I didn't have my people in the crowd. And it's it's nerve wracking because I knew they were all walking at home. They were all watching at home. But in my mind, I remember I had this thought of they're all having a viewing party to watch me. I want to give them a show that when they see me on that stage, they lose their minds cheering and I have fun. Like I want to look back and watch this footage. It's such a short moment in the time of my life that I get to be on that stage. I want to have fun doing it. And I remember I look back at that footage of my swim walk and evening gown walk at Miss Universe and I feel so proud. There's not a single thing I would change because I just thought stuff it. It's my one shot. I'm going to give it a go. And so I remembered that right before I went onto the TED stage thinking, you've done this before and you remember how it felt when you went on there and you were present and you nailed it. You can do it again. And you know what? I did it again. And that felt really good. And my last tip, this is not something that I've you know researched or anything, but it's just something that randomly came to me backstage and I did it. And holy hell, it made all the difference. Think of a reference person. This is my favorite tip, actually, because I think I'm going to employ this every time I'm nervous. When I was backstage, I remember right when, you know, Shilpa from TEDx was announcing me, I was standing backstage and I was so nervous about to walk on there. But I thought of my grandma. I thought of Big Mama, who's passed away and how proud she would be and how much I wish I could tell her, Big Mama, I've just given a TED talk. But I didn't just think of her. I actually visualized her and I looked to my left and I visualized her standing next to me and I could see her. I can tell you what she was wearing when I visualized her. I could tell you how she was standing and I imagined her saying to me, like I physically was looking at nothing, but I saw Big Mama and I imagined her saying to me, you know why you're going to nail this? Because you're my granddaughter. Go and do it. Because that's how she used to speak to me. She used to say to me things like, do you know why, you know, you won Miss Universe Australia? Because you're my granddaughter. You know why you're going to make it? You're my granddaughter. And I know that's true because that woman is a boss. And I've talked a lot about her and where I think my tenacity and entrepreneurial spirit comes from and business mind. And so I imagined Big Mama standing next to me and saying those words. And I literally took a deep breath and I walked out onto that stage and my heart was not racing. I looked at everyone in the crowd and I launched into my TED talk and I've never felt more calm or present or because I'm like, yes, she's watching. She believes in me and I'm going to make her proud. And your person that you think of, they might not be, you know, they might not have passed on. It might be someone that you love that's actually in the crowd, but they physically can't be there with you right before you go on. Think of a comfort person that you really want to make proud and that makes you feel safe and makes you feel like you can accomplish anything. And I just think it helps to visualize them standing next to you and hear that from them and then go out there and nail it and do it for them. And it's not, you know, any advice that like I've looked into or anything like that, but it's just something that I didn't even think to do on the day of my TED talk, but it just happened in the moment. I thought of Big Mama, I saw her next to me, I heard her say that and it, it helped. So I hope if you've got a reference person you can think of, just imagine that, really hear it. And whatever you've got coming up, go out there and nail it. 
And so that wraps up this episode of the Maria the Till show. And what I want to know is if you take any of these eight tips and you actually apply it to whatever your performance is, write me and, and send me a voice clip, send me a DM and let me know how it went. Which one did you use? Did it calm you down? What was the thing that you did? I want to hear about how this advice applies to all of you and in all the crazy things that you're going to do in your own you know, life. And if there's anything you take away from it, it's just know that your nerves are a good thing. And the fact that you're there and you're feeling this, it's because you care. There are things you can do to master it. And whatever your performance is, I promise you, you've got this. Let me know how you go. Can't wait to see you next time. <laughs>